V-O-P-P, the greatest podcast in the galaxy. Been such a long time, I miss you, the OPP. I've been very busy in my spare time over the past few weeks helping out my buddy, who you've listened to on this pod, Dr. Lee. I had some technical issues, technical questions with regards to insurance billing. Exciting, fun, interesting stuff. So now that that's all worked out, I had some time to edit a pod that I did with his sister, Suzanne. We talk about a ton of stuff. We talk about starting a family in a non-traditional manner. We talk about her discovering that she had cancer and the steps that she took to beat it. Is there anything better than having a good, honest conversation with somebody? I don't think so. That's what I'm bringing you today with my big sister, Suzanne. Please enjoy. All right. So here we are. Yes. <laughs> Before we get started in, in the deep details, I would like to warm it up. Give me... Um, a funny Dr. Lee story. Oh my god. <laughs> While you think about it, I will retell a Dr. Lee story. Okay. And when you say Dr. Lee... Your, fa- your father. I was like, there's, Come on, there's, there's so many. There's, there's only one. <laughs> the first one. Yeah. The first one. Yeah, 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 the first yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The first one. Um, a funny Dr. Lee story. Yeah, because the other ones, like Jimmy's Jimmy to me. He'll always be yeah. Jimmy. He won't yeah, be yeah. Dr. Lee to me. So yeah. I'll tell one while you think about it. Yes. I was in high school. It was 1993. My parents had this rule, and they said, you know, if you don't come home by, I forget what it was, like 10 o'clock, if you go out, you don't come home by 10 o'clock, the door's locked. Good luck for the rest of the night. I got home at like, it was uh, winter going into spring night. I get home at like 10.03. Uh-huh. Go to the back door, locked. Done. <laughs> Take a rock, and I'm throwing rocks, because my sister's window is above the kitchen. I'm throwing rocks, throwing rocks, not working. I was like, oh, man, we had a garage. So I go to the backyard. The garage was in the backyard. I'm like, what am I going to do? I look at, on the, the wall. The temperature was like 28 degrees. Oh, I was like, well, let me see if all the, any of these doors are open. So one of the, the doors were open for the car. So I get in the car, and I'm lying down. And I'm like, no, I think I'll die. Yes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I was like, what am I going to do? Let's walk up to the Lee's house. So I took the, the walk all the way up Montrose Avenue. And I go, and as, I, as usual, as I always do, I always go to the back door first. Yeah. So I knock on the back door, ring the doorbell. It's dark. It's completely dark. It's in like house. 11 o'clock at night? Yeah. <laughs> by the time I get up there, it's around oh 11, 11. No, I, I had tried to sleep, so maybe it was like closer to midnight. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> go to the front door, knock, 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 ring the bell. I don't think I rang because I didn't want to disturb everybody, but I knocked. Nothing. <sighs> now I got to walk all the way back home. So I start walking back i see lights oh my cop god. car oh my god the cops get out oh. they're like uh what's going on i'm like oh you know <laughs> my parents got locked out <laughs> yep and i just might have my friend and i hear behind me i know him mom i know him i know him and i turn it's your dad and he's got this bathrobe on and like shorts and the bathrobe is like flying open oh he's like i got it i got it and it's no problem i got it oh my god so then the cops leave we're walking back to the house. He puts his arm around my shoulder uh-huh. 
And he's like, you know, and he's pointing down into Get his band. Get yep. He's like, I almost shot you, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he yep. pulls his gun out a little bit. And it's like, I can see the barrel is like super yes. long. Yeah. 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 He said, and then the next day or like later on when he was retelling the story, he said, I had you sighted. I was at the top of the stairs and I'm looking down and I had you sighted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the first time. So your dad time. almost shot me. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw him, like, it was late and someone had answered, had knocked on the door or whatever it was. And he came down. I was like, why does he have a gun in the house? And he's like, you don't open the door. Like, later on, mm-hmm. it was like he opened, he didn't open it, but he asked what the person wanted. And they said, oh, we need directions. He's like, it's 1130 at night. You're not getting directions. Like, get moving or something right. like that. He's like, you never open the door after them if you don't know who it is right. and stuff. But he... Had the had a little pistol right here. I'm like, Where are we? Like, what is this? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I guess my most recent Doctor Lee funny. It's oh, you have a recent one. Oh boy. Oh no, no. Well, I have an I have an old one. I have a recent one. But the most recent one. It's not even a a Doctor Lee funny. Really, he um, Oliver was in the car, and he was saying I don't know. He was saying whatever three-year-olds talk about or something like that so my dad said you know oliver when we get to the restaurant you're going to you know sit quietly and he's like no pop up and so my dad was like excuse me he's like only mommy can tell me what to do <laughs> and so my dad was like no one has ever spoken to him like yeah. that you know and i was like Ooh, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a little dap. You know, I got a little dap over Pop-Pop for all the two minutes because Pop-Pop, what he says goes. Yeah. But yeah, not yeah. this time. So I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah. So you said it, you had a uh, new one and an old one. What's the well, old the old one? one, the old one is similar to, is a curfew story as well. Okay. So this is, we're in the Bahamas and, um, you know, like we went down every summer for the same two weeks and, you know, met different friends and this and that. So doing that for decades, you, you know, we had... You know, the, the kids, we all had friends and stuff. So mm-hmm. we would go from the villas and walk down the street over to where what is now the Atlantis. But back then it was still like the Britannia Towers and the Sheraton and all this other Got kind it. of stuff. So it was me and my brother and then some of the other young people. So we were probably, I don't know, middle school age. So we're, you know, run like my dad before we left was like, be home at um, eight o'clock. And I was like, it's 6.45. Like, mm. <laughs> like we're, it's like we're on vacation. Like, right. You know, and I'm, he may have even said 7.30 and oh pushed it God. to 8 o'clock. So I was like, whatever. So we get to the casinos and, you know, kids aren't supposed to be in the casinos. And so we're just like doing the laps, just walking around, go to the aquarium, go here, blah, blah, blah. So then, you know, we're like, ooh, let's get into some fun. So we like... <laughs> run up and down the hotel, like the up and down like the room hallways and stuff, knocking on doors and running. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, this is really cool. So at one point, I got the bright idea to set my watch back. So I set my watch back maybe like four o'clock or something. I don't know. So um, I think this was the time where we found Ray Parker Jr.'s wallet from Ghostbusters. Like like we found his wallet on the floor in the casino, whatever, turned in like, what are you kids doing with this guy's wallet? So whatever. So... At one point, in reality, it may have been, I don't know, we may have seen a clock that said nine something at Ooh, some point. Oh, boy. And the person that saw was my brother. And he was just like, 
it's, it's, it's 9 o'clock, we're going to get in trouble. And I was like, no, it's not. It's only 5, like 5.45. We still have a couple hours. And he's like, but Suzanne, and I was like, we're going by my watch and everything. So he was like, okay, so blah, 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 we do all this other kind of stuff. So then we go into the hotel. Like, I think we go into the elevator. We're about to go in the elevators and we're about to go down this thing of hallways. And of course it opens and there yeah, is Darth Vader. <laughs> like just standing and like... <laughs> and so my brother was like, she, her clock, was, it, you know, um, I told her it was time to go, but she said, let's go by her watch. And I was like, but dad, my watch says, and he, you know, in mm -hmm. front of the other kids, oh, yeah, yeah. I got the, I got the pop. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what? Like what? So I was like, why even like, well, I'm, I'm sitting here lying in yeah. a very big way, trying to save face. And I think it's really 10 o'clock and, you know, we're two hours late. And I was like, but it only says, like, <laughs> he's like, and I stood by my watch, like no eye contact. Yeah. And the other kids were like, we'll see y'all. Exactly. You know? Because my dad and the other neighbors growing up all believed that the village can discipline and this oh, yeah. and that, but he would be the ultimate disciplinarian stuff too. But my brother was like, I tried to tell her. So he escaped yeah, unscathed. Yeah. Of course, I was the older one. I was the manipulative mm -hmm. one and this and that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was... Most responsive. Yeah. <sighs> I was like... And we were, we were concluding our fun, but we just weren't exactly done yet. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. That is... Yeah, not a, the not the funniest story, mm -hmm, but that was mm -hmm. you know just in the spirit of curfew. And, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I was trying to determine like where we should start, mm. and maybe we can start kind of in the middle, and I can ask you like when did you decide like it's time to have kids, <laughs> and like what was the impetus? Like what made you say I want to have shit, I want to have kids, I'm going to do it this way. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> okay, so you want to know, you want to start in the middle to see how where it ended. Yeah. Like you want to start. You're starting. I'm gonna let end. you drive this one. You. you <laughs> okay. Well, because so are we on? We're yeah, on? yeah, we've been on. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so oh, I, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. See that right. way you don't have to yeah. think so much about you know. Oh it's yeah. Nice no, it's like, this is this is yeah, it. Yeah, so, this is it. Um. So how long do I have? So, um, uh, an hour. <laughs> so, okay. So having kids, uh, growing up, I always knew that I wanted them. Mm -hmm. Then I would always think about when do I want them? Because it was complicated because my mom was home as a homemaker and had four and I knew I did not want to be a homemaker. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? So I didn't have the same example of someone like a working parent in the same way. I saw working hard at raising kids and right. then doing other things and stuff too. And I was like, I want it all. I want everything. Yeah. So. And were all your friends like, because a lot of my friends, I have like the JCs, I have you guys, a lot of my friends, the moms didn't work. So yes. is that the same for you? Yeah, no, no, okay. I had both. Okay. I had both. So um, I had, um, divorced parents which my parents weren't and i also had um friends that had um yeah that was that were one and didn't have fathers in the pictures and stuff too so gotcha. um so my cohort it was there were working moms and you know some stay-at-home so we had both but i always looked to my mom for everything and then by the time i got to college 
a lot of my friends, um, both parents worked. Okay. You know, but we were in college, so life was yeah. different. So yeah, we, yeah, you yeah know, of course. Paid it. So as uh, as we go through college, I'm like, okay, well, I want to be a physician. I want to be a pediatrician. So I have to go to medical school. So I'll eventually meet someone and have kids, and we'll figure this out. But I want to have three by forty. So that was always the plan. Okay. So. In my 20s, all right, so I'm not really sure. I'm not doing the pediatrician thing. I think I want to teach for a little bit. So because I was not committed to what I wanted to do professionally yet, it kind of put everything else kind of on the back burners. And then, you know, I'm like dating and this and that. And I'm like, well, I know I don't want to have kids with this one, but, you know, life is good and we'll have this and that. So then it got to be in, um, got to be my 30s. And now, um, see, so 2004, I'm... 31 and I'm in graduate school. Mm -hmm. I went to graduate school in 2000 to be a school psychologist So I said, okay, I'm committed to what I want to do um, I'm in a relationship and Okay, you know, I want to start let's start thinking about having mm. kids and He did not want to have kids. This was, was Jason. This? Oh, that was, was Jason. Oh, he this didn't want to have kids not, No, uh, not at that time. Oh, not okay. Not at that gotcha. time. So I'm like, all right, well um, still in my mind I want to have three by 40 right. and how and I need to start making money. I need to start looking at a home because at the time I was living in West Orange, okay. I was living over um, an apartment and you know, we're doing a commuting relationship because he was living in Brooklyn. That's right. So then it got to be what, what are our next steps? You mm -hmm. know, are, are we doing this kid thing? Are we settling down? Cause we dated, it was like, I don't know, about three years. Mm -hmm. And we like enjoyed just life and enjoying things. Yeah. But I remember him. He's yeah. A fantastic and guy. he was a real cool dude, yeah. like just so smart and just yeah. really an incredible person. But for for you know different reasons the relationship didn't work out. So then I'm like, okay, well, by the end of that relationship I had just bought my house. I bought my house mm -hmm. in two thousand five with the goal of it's one block away from my parents. And uh, that you. is the plan. <laughs> okay, childcare. Yeah. And, you know, in part, my mom kept saying, like, when am I having grandchildren? When am I having okay. grandchildren? When am I grand? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I need to, I, I'm, you know, I finished graduate school 2007. So in the midst of that, I started dating somebody else mm -hmm. who, in the beginning of the relationship, I realized I have to get out of this relationship. But I didn't know how because in a in a short amount of time, we began living together. We worked together. I was in graduate school. Okay. And I didn't know how to get out of it. But we talked about having kids and we knew our kids would be beautiful, smart, mm -hmm. wonderful. Well, what was it about him that within a short amount of time you were like, oh. Um, I think that I was drawn to his work persona okay like strong and just you know there was just just like more together. leader and this and that but what i found out there was a little bit more a little bit more um competition and like mm. insecurities and just um um him wanting to have um more of my attention than I was willing to give because my attention was divided at the time between graduate school, between trying to figure out what are next steps, and I was also having some health things. So right. at the time I was having, um, I didn't know, but I had all these fibroids. So mm -hmm. fibroids can interfere yeah, with, with having you know, kid. with having a kid. So 
um, that was, you know, a health thing that it turns out many friends of mine, we all were battling the same thing, oh, like wow. in over years, it's like, wait a minute. And it wasn't exclusively a black women thing, but it was most of my black female friends in our thirties and talking to another, I guess, older black women, like, oh yeah, we all had hysterectomies. We had our, our things out and stuff. And I said, well, how come my older black friend, female friends, when I was teaching in my twenties, didn't talk to me about this. Mm -hmm. So reproductive health wasn't really talked about as much. So then like the, it, like the, it started to unravel a little bit, like the onion starts to unravel where I'm dealing with fibroids and this, and then other friends of mine who are now married and working on having children, mm -hmm. fertility becomes a big part Huge. of the conversation. Huge. So it's like, do we, do I freeze my eggs? Do I do this? Do I just wait a little bit longer? Do I, um, what's happening? Will I be able to get pregnant? I'm not really sure. And, uh, and then watching what my friends are going through with IVF and IUI and oh, adoption and all this other kind of stuff, it's like, wait, wait, who? My parents just had kids. <laughs> everybody else just tension. had kids. Everybody just had kids. Yeah, it's because we did it so early. Yes. Or they did it so they early. They did it so yeah, early. Yeah. My, my mom, mom was 24 when she, she had me. She was 26 when she had me. Yeah. Or 26. Yeah. And, um... So that's, that was a different piece of the puzzle. So um, then my mom, I guess, started, stopped pressuring me. She's like, oh, you'll have kids when you're, yeah, I'm not going to pressure you anymore. Because now it's all these other kind of complications right. um, that the whole entire, like, I had to have a, uh, pretty much a C-section to remove okay. them and stuff. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like, okay, C-section that I read about can scar and make it yeah. more difficult to conceive and all that. So that was... Um, oh, the pressure and the tension and the stress. Oh, my goodness. And who... And I mean, who are you feeling thought? that or am I just... Yeah, no, 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 okay. no. I mean, it was, it was okay, the dating world is, is complicated because it's like, you know, I'm back in my hometown and it's like, mm -mm, who's around? Right. You know, let's see. And, you know, I, I got out of, you know, that relationship and, um, you know, now it's like, whew. I don't want to be in a relationship right now. Like right. I need to have a little freedom because I've been in relationships for the past several years and I want to have my time. But I also want to like keep my eye open, you know, <laughs> about, you know, if there is somebody else. So I just kind of want to date a little bit. So then it was the clock is still kind of ticking. Yeah. And this is when I was um, starting to think about, okay, maybe I don't want to do the marriage thing. Maybe... I'll do, you know, single mom thing. I'll just have wow. to, you know, think about this and see what this brings. And then, um, you know, just kind of thinking about it. So it was like exploring options okay. about what that could kind of look like. And then it was also... You're like Christopher... Well, for me, you're like Christopher Columbus. It's like it, the unknown, right? Like you, you go about it the non-traditional way. The, the traditional way, at least you have like your parents you can look towards, your friends' parents you can look towards. Yeah. And you're just like... Huh. that's uh, me doing it on my own. And I don't know, did you have other examples? Anybody else that you could look at? Well, there were people it's that... It's really like just taking a, <laughs> a leap of faith. Yeah, know, well, people did it on their own either because they maybe they started with someone and it true. didn't work out. True, true, So they, you know, my older sister, you know, oh, right, with the right, help right. support of my grandmother, you know, you know, was a single mom um, in that regard. But, you know, Valerie's dad was... In, was Mm -hmm. remotely, you know, kind of in the life in that way. But um, 
Um, trying to think again. I knew single moms. Okay. I knew single okay. moms, and um, so that wasn't like that wasn't new. But I didn't know anybody that was like I'm starting off as a single mom yeah. doing that. I I did have a friend of mine that, yeah, she it, it somehow it, it was um she accidentally got pregnant. You know, there okay. was there and chose to keep the child I and. Betcha. That was, you know, a single mom because the father was never okay. involved in that in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so One that, other question that just yeah. occurred to me. I was talking to Jimmy about this. You guys um, had kids as children of Dr. Lee. You guys had kids in the reverse order. I don't yes. know if you, yes. you realize that. Like the youngest had kids before any of us had kids, yes. right? Yes. And then I think Jimmy was next and then Joanna and then... You so seeing your youngest sister have kids, did that have any? Initially, I was like, I, I'm a good aunt. I am a good. <laughs> I enjoy. I enjoy. So it got me ready for some things. Okay. But um, I remember we had a conversation about that because my mom had been the firstborn and first to have kids, and her mother had been the firstborn and the first to have uh, kids, okay. and I wasn't. So I was like, she's like, but it's it's coming for you. So I realized that. Um, when my sister had kids and she had her kids in, the, in her 20s and mm-hmm. stuff too, I was like, man, I got to do a lot more things than she did. Mm-hmm. But I, I see the joy and the challenges that, you mm-hmm. know, having kids bring. So I did kind of feel the pressure because it was like, you know, going to the birthday parties or even my friend's kids yeah, going to the birthday parties. And I was like, here's this woman, you know, without, mm-hmm. without kids and stuff too. So that I wanted, but I was like, I know I'm not. Okay. Ready. I'm oh, okay. Ready yet. Did you? Was it mounting pressure though? As the younger ones, Jimmy has one. Joanna has one. Was there any like? There was, but the, the pressure that I felt the most was more from my mother. You know, because she's like, I want to be a grandmother, and I'm like, Well, you are. You are a grandmother to all these babies over here. So I'm not getting any younger. But then when she stopped with that and okay. kind of accepted, I'm on my own time frame. Hmm. That was where I felt less, but it was more not just because of my siblings having kids, but it was my friends having kids too. And I'm Hmm. like, I'm not part of the mom conversations. And then trying to go out with some of my friends, they couldn't because they all had kids. And I'm like, and I was like, just get a babysitter. But now I know what that's like. Uh, uh, uh-huh. I don't, I don't, you know. <laughs> You're kidding me, not like babysitters, which exactly. is the problem that we have. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm like, okay, well, everybody come to my house while he's sleeping. Cool, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just, it's different. So yeah, I enjoyed being aunt, and I was like, oh, like, okay, you have to, I enjoyed giving them yeah. back and getting to leave, but sometimes I'm like, I want to, I want to know what that's like. Mm-hmm. And when I finally did know what that was like, I was like, this is so incredible. Like, yes. Oh my God. So then, um, yeah, so then I met George, and then so we started dating, yep. and, uh, you know, and it was, okay, so if if kids, if we have kids, it'll it'll be cool, but somehow, like, it didn't physiologically work in that okay. relationship either, so I'm like, okay, just start making, like, mm-hmm. more decisions for me again, and um, then, so he and I broke up, and then it was, I was looking into doing um, adoption, so a couple friends oh, of mine, really? yeah. Okay. So I had done um, in graduate school. I had done uh, a foster care counseling project, and some of the students that I worked with in in at work, you know, were adopted. And I'm just like, you know, 
if I could just bring this young, this young person home, I could like try and this and mm -hmm. that. And um, I met a lot of you know families that went through adoption, and I have friends that adopted kids. So then I was like, you know what? What might be helpful is I don't necessarily need to adopt an infant. I can adopt someone who's four or five years old. Yeah. That way, I don't, you know, we can see if they have, you know, what's happened. You know, because a lot of times you don't know right. until kids aren't talking, until they're having attention issues and all that. So I was like, let's get past zero to three and I can adopt oh, someone who's four. Or, and so, so I, I started the classes for foster care. And then there was a group of students that came in, young people. They were in their 20s. They were like, but we were into foster care when we were in middle school and stuff and nobody wanted us. So wow. we were just kind of bounced home. And I said, that might be the age. Mm -hmm. I love middle school. Mm -hmm. I said that would be an age that I'd be interested in adopting. So I said, all right, so maybe nine. Oh, so skipping but, from four and yeah. going up to, oh my God, you are the exact opposite. <laughs> I did um, I did some substitute teaching, you know, once you get 60 credits in, in college. I did oh, some yeah. substitute teaching. My mom taught in Orange, so yeah. we would drive in together. And I would do the junior high, and <laughs> after a week, I was like, yes. I want to kill myself. Yes. Oh, it's so I've tough. I've been in middle school since 1995. That's amazing. 1995. And so I was like, that is the age group because I don't have to do all like the little, little, little people stuff. True. And <laughs> this is the stuff that I'm, I'm good at. I know this age group. And then we can kind of like just navigate and this and that. And if something biologically happens... Mm -hmm cool we already have our family started so you know i'm in with like through dyfus and i say I'm, I'm starting the process through there and then like the different things you have to do in your home to get ready to adopt someone yeah. you can't have a grill on your deck and i was like you have to like make sure every nook and cranny is all like this is kind of um a lot and then there was a week where a lot of my students that happened to have been adopted were having a lot of issues and one of the women that came to interview me from Dyfus to, you know, just talk about the process was sharing information about some people's mm -hmm. experiences. And I was like, oh, this is a lot. This is a lot. Yeah. This is a lot. And so there was, I was covering that front. I also was looking into private adoption and private adoption at the time was very, very, very expensive. Expensive? Yeah, to do private. So it was very interesting because... What does that mean? So they had... So I sat with... I went with a couple friends of mine and my mom, and we had this... Um, we, got, we went to this little adoption agency thing, mm -hmm. and white babies, it would cost about $40,000 to adopt... Asians were up there too, but they didn't come around often. But black babies, you could adopt for eight or ten thousand dollars, because it was subsidized. It was just this and that. And so my girlfriend. Wait, so you actually pay for the baby? You pay. So you pay for you pay for the care of the mom while oh, she's pregnant. Oh, I see. While she's pregnant, I got you. It depends on where you. you get in. So this person is going to give up the I child. See. You're paying for legal fees. You're, there's all oh, the things you're paying for different things that come out, okay. but with, with a black infant, things were subsidized. So my girlfriend at the time that I went with, she was white, she was like, mm, you get the cheaper kind of baby. <laughs> and I was like, look at this. So that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was eight years ago when I okay. went to, the, seven years, seven, six or seven years ago into that. Um, so yeah, so I was, okay. I was trying to figure out, okay, I want to have a child, mm. I want to have a child. And then I... Um, so then by this time... Well, what about the adoption? Why did you finally well, say, you know Well, what? with the adoption, with this end, I was like, 
let me just put this on hold with the foster care part because okay. I really need to think about this because the woman that came to interview me, she's like, oh, you know, there was a woman that adopted like two little kids or something and one of them tried to set her on fire when she was, yeah. you know, sleeping. Um, some of my students were having significant, significant emotional meltdowns and stuff. And I said, I can help the families and the children while they're here, but going home, yeah. that is a lot. So I said, let me just really, really think Absolutely. about this for me. Um, so then I said, okay, let me look into um, donors and what would that look like? Because I had briefly looked into it. I looked into you know what sperm donors and all that kind of okay. stuff would be like. And um, so then I got, I remember, um, George, my last relationship, he was like, oh, like when we had broken up, he was like, oh, that's disgusting. You shouldn't do something like that. Mm. And I was like, oh, even better. <laughs> even better. Was, da, da, da. I never met him, but I heard he was quite opinionated. Quite opinionated. Yeah. So that's usually the mantra when someone tells me I can't. That's yeah, usually yeah, what yeah. I do. So <laughs> then I started like, you know, getting more information, getting more information. And um, so, yeah, and I knew of um, a friend of a friend that had done that. So I said, all right, let me just kind of open up this thing. So, so George and I, we did actively, tr so when George and I had broken up and that was it mm -hmm. for the last time, then I said, all right, I remember having a powwow with some of my girlfriends. I was like, okay, you know, getting, and, and with my mom and my sisters, and we talked about, like not at the same time, but I wanted their opinion on having a known donor versus a, an, an anonymous mm -hmm. person. Pros and cons, pros and cons, pros and cons. And so I said, well, let's just try the known. What'd your mother say? She was saying, well, the, doing the known might be like, can you extricate yourself from, oh, because the known might want to be involved. Because I had a couple of, you know, friends over the years that had said, if you ever want to have kids, you know, call me in. Oh, I got I'll you. I'll hook you up. I got and you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I remember talking with um, my fertility doctor about that. And she said, well, you know, I have to hook you up with an attorney because of All the right. whole entire yeah. thing. They may say, I'll hook you up, but, you know, they... They may change they, their mind later. They right? might change your mind. And New Jersey is a very complicated state oh, when see. it comes to that. So anyway, so yeah, so um, so known, we actively tried, actively mm -hmm. tried, actively tried, didn't work. And then actively tried, and then it didn't work. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing this. So... Yeah. I did it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let me see if I understand this right. When you say known actively tried, you mean with a human being actively tried? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. With an own friend. With an own oh, friend. really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. You are such know. a gangster. Not only that, did you try that, but you you were so open and you shared it with everybody. What, what not you at were, the time, no. Not no, but you said like, I, um, you asked your mother. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. My, yeah because, you know, if it was going to work, I needed her on board for the, uh, for the child, child care. care. <laughs> but I wanted like my close, close people, I wanted their opinions. So oh, it was, okay. It was, it was my sisters and like, two or three close friends and your mom wow and my mom yeah Look to like you. have powwow yeah. about yeah, no one yeah. versus not no one versus not no one versus not yeah. and um yeah wow. so we tried so so again this is like this took time wow, this, this took time amazing. this took time and um so so those i'm sorry this is <laughs> sorry you didn't know what you were getting into <laughs> yeah man so and, and again, how many how many of these guys are were there that were like oh, I'll hook you? Oh, it was one oh, guy. Over, oh, over time. So over time, 
you know that you weren't dating that were just kind of like I'll help you out. Yeah, uh, like two or three. Okay, two or three over the years. I like, got you. Know, you. Things don't work out. Da, 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 you know. I got you. Just kind of in passing. So then I thought I was like, uh, I wonder. But one was like, you know, would have been too older, you oh, know, too old for that. And then others, I was like, they were in other things. So you know. I got you. Another person was like, oh, I'll try. You know. And when you say try, because, you know, I tried with my wife. Sometimes you, it doesn't happen the first time. So you were, like, yeah. actively, like, today's the day. Time. Today's the day. What are you doing? that hour. You need to meet me at my house, and uh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So that was, you know, over time. And okay. um, so, yeah. Um, but that was not under, that was initially not under the guise of a doctor. That was just me, I you gotcha. know, trying. And, well, we had... Initially, did we meet with the doctor first? Yeah. And then once we met with the doctor, it was okay, try, try. Okay. And then, no, once we met with the doctor, that person kind of was like, um, they needed to do like blood work and this and that. I got you. And they didn't. It was too much work, yeah. Yeah, so they didn't. So I was yeah, like, yeah. bye. Okay. Later. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so then it was, then for that, it was, it was me. Okay. So then, um. So then that became, okay, uh, what is that? And I remember my mom helped me out in figuring out, you know, for a donor, I'm like, when you go onto those sites, there's so much information. Mm -hmm. It's so confusing. And I had a couple of friends who were looking at donors for different reasons. Um, either their, their partners couldn't, like they just had different fertility issues, right. um, you know, in, in marriage and stuff too. So I'm going to these different sites and I'm like, you, information you, overload you're picking eye color and hair color and this and that and I'm like oh my gosh and then um, you know so that was just too complicated and so I remember my mom saying you know well how about you think about what would you want him to be like you know start with like you know what would you like his his um, his ethnicity to be do you want him to be similar to you or not so I was like oh mm. sure that helps. Okay. And then that helped me think about it rather than, you know, a blonde haired, blue eyed person. I'm like, oh, you know, do I want someone who's black? Do I want someone who's mixed? Mm -hmm. Okay, I want somebody who's mixed. So that helped me oh, frame I got it up you. a little bit. I got yeah. You. Okay. Yeah. So. And then are you able to go as far as like personality? They, so different or sites IQ offer or... different information. So, and then you pay as you go. So oh, it's I like, oh, I'm doing all, <laughs> I'm doing all this. And it's, you know, and again, it's not guaranteed to work. So right. it's like, let me just, you know, so it was, um, you get, there was one site that allowed you to hear the person, like the person may have said, hello or something, but, but you also look at, um, anonymous versus, um, what was the other one? Confidential. So anonymous person, you know, nothing about them. Um, and they will never be in the person's, the child's life mm -hmm. versus, was it confidential? I think it was. And that way the child can, um, contact them at 18. Okay. Yeah. That they can leave some kind of information, okay. not necessarily meet them, but have some, they'd have access to some information. So, um, yeah, so they get, you get a little bit of health history, um, and a little bit about their interest, like an interest inventory mm -hmm. and this and that. And then once you, you can pay, like, so then they have like other, some of the sites, it's like, you can have a membership. You have the gold, silver, and oh, platinum. You know, it's like, oh, it was just, inform it was just too much, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do all this, but yeah. yeah. So how did you, you decided on, what did you decide on? What did you want? 
Um, Besides being a mixed race. So yeah, so he was mixed race, and then they, um, I remember they had like information that mm -hmm. he shared, and uh, I remember his one of his favorite places to go was Bahamas. Okay. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and and also so so I'm not even going to go into the specifics yeah, yeah. of that, but one of the things that I did again, I so I had a little, mm -hmm. I went through all the information of like different sites, and then I channeled it down. So I had like biracial people, I had black people, I had a couple Asians in there, I was like, I think a couple white people in there, I just had like whole entire thing, and it was like pages, and this was like months just going through, and then it was, okay, I think I narrowed it down mm -hmm. to, you know, the area that I want, I think, and then I had, maybe let's say the, the top 10, and then I had a special small committee, and the small committee, you know, they had the information, and they yep. kind of looked at the information I provided to them, and then they narrowed it down to their top three. Oh, and I, I got my you. my top three. <laughs> and then, ultimately, I think several of us voted on this. Like, I voted, I knew who I wanted, but right. I just wanted to see. Because, again, it's, I'm doing this on my own, but it's scary. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, I don't know, but am I not looking at something and this and mm -hmm. that? So, yeah, so we had a little committee and... Um, yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, again, they agreed with the one. They didn't know which one I chose, but I think three out of the four of them said, "Oh, I like this one. I like this one." Like, and I was like, "Cool, that's okay. the one I chose." Okay. And um, so yeah, so that's how that. Anonymous or not confidential? Okay. Yeah, so that way, the, my son would have access to okay. whatever information is provided at the agency. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how old is he? Four. Three. Okay. Have you said anything yet? Um, we have, so I, um, the one extra expense besides buying the donation is, um, I bought a picture, you know, oh, and the picture okay. they have is just like him as a child. They don't, it's oh, I still see. protecting privacy. I it's see. whatever things. And I remember when I got the, when I bought the picture and I showed it to my mom, she was like, oh my God. She's like, that child looks like a child I used to babysit. And he's, mm -hmm. wow. So I was like. This is a good sign. <laughs> so when I made, um, when Oliver was born, I, I made a little book about the origin of my name and who I am and this and that. So I included the picture of mm -hmm. that young picture in there. So he knows that his father um, is someone who helped mommy have him, you know. Right, so right. that's as far as we've gotten now. Gotcha. Um, because he'll say, like, you know, he'll talk about his friends, mommies and daddies and he talks about me and he's like, and then I have pop pop and I have uncle me and his, mm -hmm. it's always me and you know, with family gotcha. and stuff too. So hmm. yeah. So let's talk about health issues. Oh, great. What, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did that, I didn't, I didn't really know so much about what was going on, but I, I know Jimmy sent me a picture of you and your mother at the same time, kind of going through some health stuff. So what, what was going on? What happened? How long ago was it? Yeah, so, um, let's see. So I will. So when I started um, my fertility stuff, they had put me on pause because you. They said um, your liver enzymes are a little elevated. So mm -hmm. until you know, you need to get your liver checked out um, before we can continue. So liver, all this other kind of stuff. Um, with my liver enzymes and stuff and and the liver was checked out and everything was fine so I could proceed with fertility so um, then I am let's see breastfeeding I am 
well, no, first, first I'm pregnant, and then mm -hmm. I'm breastfeeding, and then like no alcohol in my system at all, and so you know a year after Oliver is born, my my liver enzymes are still elevated, mm -hmm. so they're like. So the day Hillary Clinton lost, which was uh, oh, November boy. 2016, uh, I had seen a GI and she said, you know, we want to do a liver biopsy because we don't know why your liver, it could be cirrhosis. We're not sure. I was like, cirrhosis? Yep. Like, what is all this? So I was like, I, don't, I haven't, you know, I was like, I used to enjoy a little drink, but I haven't done anything like in the last almost mm -hmm. two years. She's like, well, you know, and I asked what the side effects are, a liver biopsy. And she said, oh, well, it'll feel like somebody punched you in the gut. Mm -hmm. I have a, you know, I have a, a child who's not walking yet. I can't do that. So um, I ended up going to uh, getting a second opinion. Okay. Um, and that was December 2016. And so he said, um, he's like, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fatty liver. I don't think it's this. Let us see if you can drop some pounds and, you know, we'll, you know, I'll give you like eight weeks or something, drop some pounds. And then, you know, we'll talk about this. So... I ended up doing like this spinach oh. shakes all the time. I'm like increasing my exercise and doing this. So fast forward to February 2017, I dropped, I think it was like eight pounds or mm -hmm. something. And I was like, oh, I was like feeling kind of good. So um, I made an appointment to see him. My primary, um, so I made so my appointment to see him. And then I was like, I dropped some pounds. I'm looking kind of good. And I want to have another child. So... Let's, all right, let's make sure all these health issues are good. Right. Let's make sure my, my liver enzymes are down. Because, so, so I did the blood work for him in February, and the, and the enzymes were down. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it works. So then my primary physician, she, had, she ordered blood work as well. And um, so I went for the blood work, and they said, oh, on here you also have an order for some homework. And I was like, who comes to LabCorp for some homework? So I, you know, they said, we need a stool sample. And I was like, what? What? That's what they call home. Oh, because you bring it home. Yeah. And, and I was back. like, yeah, yeah. I was like, do I have to shit in a bag? Like, how do I do this? So, and, and again, I, think, I... I don't know if it's typical for, for women, but a guy, like, as soon as you turn 40, you got to start, for colon cancer and stuff, you got to start doing all this crazy stuff. I yeah. never, never did that. So I was like, <laughs> but I don't, I don't do too often. I don't. Like, I was like, We've I spoken I, about this before. Yeah, so I was like, I probably didn't poop for the week. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, oh my, so I'm like stressing. So I was like, oh my gosh. So I finally was able to do it and drop it off on Saturday. So then I saw my doctor, my primary a couple days later and my blood work was fine for her, liver enzymes were down. And she said, but you have a, um, you have a little blood in your stool, so positive abnormal. Wow. So see your GI doctor. So I said, oh man. So I saw him for my follow-up appointment in February. He's like, your enzymes are down, but we should probably schedule a colonoscopy because you know, positive abnormal, so let's just do that. So. We had the colonoscopy March 2nd, uh, 2017, and, you know, like, everybody's joking, we're in the, in the mm -hmm. thing, and we come, and, you know, I came out, I was like, well, I'm hungry, was that a piece of cake? And he's like, you have a tumor, you have colon cancer. And I was like, what? I was like, I, wait, everybody had just been joking when I went in, and then nobody was joking, people came out, I'm so sorry. And my mom, her response was, wow, I guess you can't go to Nala's birthday party. In the time, I didn't know that was her brain tumor talking, uh, but that was her reaction. So I was like, I have colon cancer. Okay, um, so what does this mean? And he said, I'm going to call, you know, here is the name of um, an oncologist that I recommend. You need to get a CT scan. You need to get 
um, a surgeon and this and that. So by the time I left the hospital, I had an um, appointment with my oncologist, I had an appointment with my surgeon, um, I was headed to a CT scan, I nope, had a, a med, um, appointment with a CT scan, and I think I was going for blood work. So, you know, it was just like kind of like Whoa. bewildering and crazy. So, I mean, I called my dad and he's just like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And he said, you're never, um, you're never given a burden you can't bear. So I was like, all right, well, all right. All right. Wow. Well, this one is this one's tough, mm -hmm. but I, I, I somehow, some way, I'm going to do this because at the time, Oliver was um, 15 months old. Jesus. 16 months old. So I'm like, all right, okay. So that was March 2nd, 2017. So then I had my surgery March 28th, 2017. Oh, very soon. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it was crazy because I so March 2nd I went in, and then the next day I'm back to work. So then my principal is like, wait, what? You had surgery and went to work the next day? No, no, no. Day? I had the colonoscopy. I had the colon. I went oh, to colonoscopy. Oh, okay, okay. So the next day, <laughs> okay, I when I you. went in, my principal's like, so, you know, how was your colonoscopy? They took the ass and all this. And I was like, I have cancer. I was like, I have cancer. I was like, they found a tumor. And he's like, oh. And that was probably like the best hug I've ever had. Like wow. his hug was so solid. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. just in tears. And so for the next weeks, I'm just like, Every day I'm bawling because I'm reading about it online. Yeah. I'm reading, and the statistics are just not great. Really? They're not. And I didn't so, know that. Yeah, because I'm so. Uh, 2017, I was 44. Mm -hmm. Typically, they don't screen you until you're 50. Right. And for black people, 45. And I didn't know at the time what stage it was. And so okay. at the time, I'm trying to get in touch with my primary. I'm like, I wanted to know why did you have me do a stool sample. Like, why did you do that? Because you typically don't screen for colon cancer until you're older. Mm -hmm. So why did you, I'm, I'm grateful, but yeah, this yeah. is what just, made you think? Yeah. what made you think to do that? So she, it took a month for us to finally connect. So anyway, so March 28th, I have the um, surgery and the, the surgeon said, you have stage three okay. and we need to do the, the tests and stuff. So it came out on March 30th. That's when I, they took out the, tam the tumor, and that's when I was told I had stage 3C. So it was stage 3 by the size, location, and mm. then stage 3C because it had spread to the lymph nodes. So it was 17 of 27 positive lymph nodes. So that required chemo wow. um, after that. So it's like, all right. So um, I was out of work for two weeks just about, you know, to take a leave, to recover from mm, that so. because I wasn't allowed to drive, I wasn't allowed to pick up the boy. Yeah. So I had to, you know, move in with my parents. So moving with my parents, I could see that my mom was just like, she had been kind of weird the last mm -hmm. couple of months, but it was just like, she drove me to a couple of, she drove me to drop off Oliver at daycare and she would drive past his school. And I'm like, Ma, what are you doing? Why are you driving past? Or she was like her, her, her circadian rhythms were off. She wasn't sleeping. She felt weepy and this and that. But again, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's yeah, happening. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to figure this out. And um, so anyway, so I called the Colon Cancer Alliance, and that was the first time I could say I have colon cancer. I think it was April Fool's Day or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. And um, they said, okay, well, this is what survivors do, and go on to this website. Here's this. So for stage three, three people, the survival rate is fifty percent. <sighs> So um, there's only one stage after it, right? It's yeah, stage four. Four stages. And that's yeah, that's metastasis and everything too. Jeez. So I'm like, okay. And 
I was like, I can't, well, I can't die because yeah. I have too much stuff to do. And um, I mean, did you, how much did you think about your mortality? Every day. Oh, every day, okay. every day, every day. Every time I looked at my son, every day. Like it's, Jesus. And so, again, I think about my... So, going back to when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. I was pregnant. Uh, I got pregnant um, uh, March 2015. Okay. So, I was 42. So with that in mind, I had a colleague that lost a baby at seven months in the womb mm. and I had other friends that had lost. So I pretty much did not tell people I was pregnant. I walked around with folders. I walked around just trying to hide it as much right. as possible. You didn't want to talk about it. Like a jinx, you didn't want to jinx it at all. Okay. Because I'm a 40 something year old woman. Yeah. Get Facebook pictures while he always here. <laughs> you know, if I look a little heavy, I'm like, mm -mm. so. <laughs> Do not photograph me, like right. nothing. So I, because I did not want to risk losing my child, like, and have to have all the, uh, 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 yeah, you know, all yeah, the pity yeah. parties and stuff and all that. Like, I just didn't want to face that. So with this one, it was, I could only tell a small select group of people about my cancer diagnosis because I didn't want, like in case, I mean, it sounds funny, but I'm like, in case I die, like, mm -hmm. or in case I take a really significant turn, I don't want, I don't want all the worry and all that. I just need to handle this and okay. stuff so it was kind of like when you know when I was first like the minute I was diagnosed within 45 minutes I had all these things like I needed to get into gear so I need to battle this thing and so the it was during the two weeks that I was off I had to get my port put in so I have a port I was like right here you still have it. Yeah, oh, wow. I still have my port. So this is, you know, where chemotherapy was mm -hmm. being administered. And chemotherapy started the first week in May. So like, okay. I think it was like May 7th or something. So during the two weeks I was off, I could see stuff happening with my mom. And, you know, one day she came back to the house and her car had been um, crashed on the, on the passenger side. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure how that happened. And I'm like, no, that's kind of significant. And then she went to the, um, she, she, Drop, she dropped me off at my house, but she sped down this street, this little street mm -hmm. here, and she didn't see the curve and almost drove into somebody else's house. And I'm like, Ma, so I was like, she's like, I have to get to a nail appointment and didn't realize everything that she had done. So she leaves. I was like, you go home. Don't go to the nail appointment. You go home and you call your doctor. You need an appointment. So that's when I call my brother. I was like, we need to, you need to call Dr. Page. You need to have Ma seen today. So my mother was not home when we went to get her and we went to the nail appointment. She's, she's like, there what are you guys doing? You know? And so we had to take her and that day we took her to the, to see Dr. Page. And then, you know, she left because my mom was talking about lack of sleep and this and that. And I was like, ma, car accident, you know, near car accident, this and that, the way you're driving, just everything else. And she's like, Oh yeah, well I'm worried about you. So everything was the worry about me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is, not, this is, there's more. Typical mom. baby boomer behavior. You know? <laughs> Lie yeah. till you die. Exactly. But I think she just wasn't aware. Yeah, and then, that um, too. And she also thought the election, she's like, she thought it was like the reaction to this crazy president uh, that we have too. Like okay. this is having her like just weepy, like what's happening in our world. And um, so yeah, so then Dr. Page ended up ordering a, a brain scan too. And then we went for that and then we were told that she had a brain tumor. And um so yeah, so that was a Tuesday, and she had surgery on Saturday, wow. Easter Easter Eve, and um, yeah, so she was uh, glioblastoma stage four, and um, so that was just like 
okay, now we're starting chemo at the same time, Mom. Yeah. So she had her radiation and chemo by pill, and I had mine by, um, <laughs> by, by, by my port. So I would sit for chemo for two to three hours in the chair, mm -hmm. and then it would stay attached to me for 46 hours. So I had a little portable chemo bag. Um, so I would sit Monday, and I would go for detach Wednesday. Okay. And so I couldn't shower or anything like that. And um, so that was for me for six months. Oh. So May till October. Um, so yeah. So during. And then they that, take blood and stuff like every month, or they always. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I had blood. I had blood. So I had my sessions were every two weeks. Okay. So I had blood those two weeks. So my on week of chemo, I was exhausted, like nauseous, and like you know, I was on steroids oh. and this and that. And it wasn't until like I don't know three or four months in that I started really noticing my hair, losing my hair. Okay. Even though, like, so chemo, different chemos for different things, people have different reactions mm -hmm. and stuff. So I have, I still have neuropathy in my fingers. Oh, really? Yeah, because it kills off, you know, the nerve endings. So right now, like, my fingers, my fingertips swell up in the cold. They get, ex like, my hands, and my, they're exceptionally cold. And then my fingertips get exceptionally dry. Um, but at the time, my mother was my, my son and my mother were my priority. Mm -hmm. I'll do my chemo, I'll do my yeah, thing, yeah. I'll do my colon cancer, but my mother is my priority. So it was, you know, with between my sisters and coordinating, making sure that they're fed a couple days a week, but I would do feeding yeah. stuff, like cooking for them too, and making sure that we had dinner over there, and then making sure, okay, I need to be healthy because I need to, I'm a single mom, yeah. it's just me and my son. And um, so George came with me every chemo session. Um, I did my best not to be sick because now Oliver's walking. So now having a 18 month old, 22 year month old, and I'm like, accident oh my prone. It's like the worst. Everything. <laughs> and so, like for me, I'm like laying on the couch, like I can't move because I'm yeah. nauseous because chemotherapy does that to yeah. you, and it's just, you know, I'm contemplating like, okay, am I, am I? Is this really helping? I hope it is. I don't. I can't mm -hmm. die. I don't want to die. I don't want my mom to die. Like it's just. It was just very. It was very significant. And I never missed a day of work. You know. So I was working. So I was working full time, wow. taking care of my son, taking care of my parents. So they had somebody full time. Not well for the day. Right. Being with her, but as soon as I was home, I would get over there to be with them, and then go pick up Oliver, and then go back and be with them, and then you know, come back over here. So uh, for that whole entire, like the whole entire summer and up until my, she died two weeks before my last chemo. Okay. And so I was like, I was so mad. I was like, well, you're supposed to be at the, the end of my chemo. But I remember when she died, um, it was, let me see, my, I had chemo Monday. And I remember when I was at the uh, I was going for the deta the detach, I think, on Wednesday, but I was there, so I think I was there on a Tuesday. Remember, I was like just feeling nauseous, and I was mm -hmm. like, I couldn't stay as long as I wanted to, because I was like in a hospital room, feeling nauseous, and then all my relatives and everything in there, because my sisters had, had come to town, because they had told us that, you know, she wasn't yeah. doing well. And I was like, damn, chemo, you didn't, you, you know, rob me from time with my mom. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was like mentally tough with everything right. happening, because I couldn't enjoy everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or not enjoy but it's going to be there every minute with my mom because i had my stupid colon cancer so. and then it's not 
I learned from, I don't know if it's the same for adults as for children, but it's like two years before you're like truly declared as... Five. So it's five for five. you. Okay. So it's your no evidence of disease. For five years. Five years. You have to wow. Five years. Wow. So yeah, so I go for... So the day I was diagnosed, the day they found the tumor, um, my CEA, so it's a, a cancer detection level in the mm -hmm. blood, um, was 2.0. So... Typically, it is the, the the scale is between zero and four. Okay. Four, it detects cancer. So mine in the last two years has been two the whole entire time between two. So it's not um, a helpful indicator because I had a big tumor, but it didn't. I it see. Didn't, it was like a, a false negative. So um, excuse me. So I've had, you know, my yearly colonoscopies. I have blood work um every four months now. It was every three months the first year. Every four months now. Okay. So I just had a meeting with my oncologist last month, I mean last week, and um, so yeah, so we're on, I'm getting ready to schedule my yearly CAT scans mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So the, the port, is it, have you had to use it recently or? No. Okay. So the port, in order to get it in, so it's a catheter in my neck. Oh. So there's a catheter and this port thing. Um, I haven't had to use it, but it was a procedure to put it in, right. so you know, you're and SSIs and put oh, it in. I got you. And then like the when you you put it in like just to like you, you know I was like my neck was so stiff and so sore for like almost a week. Mm -hmm. So I was like I'm not going through that again. I'm going <laughs> to keep this in in case because the highest rate of recurrence for colon cancer is in the first two years. Oh, I see. So I was like if I have to go through chemo again, yeah. I'm ready. Right, right. But I have other people. So in the last two years, I've met a lot of people through groups that mm -hmm. were involved in. So I'm part of a stage three cancer, colon cancer Oh my group. gosh, that's very specific. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm part of, um, you know, the larger colon cancer community and stuff. Uh, and these beautiful, wonderful online resources. But many people have taken their port out. Like as soon as chemo's done, yeah, they're yeah. like, you ring that bell. And they're like, right, done. Right. Get out of here. Um, and then others have kept it for decades, you right. know. Oh, I, decades? Yeah, just oh, because wow. they're like, oh, it's my helpful thing, and it's a comfort a thing. A reminder, yeah. But I have to get it flushed every six to eight weeks, okay. so just to prevent infection. So right. on top of my regular visits, I have to, you know, wow. so they have to stick a little needle, flush it all out, and just make sure it's, <sighs> yeah, so it's, it's work. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's work. So how long has it been? So I was diagnosed March 2nd, 2017. So oh, so it'll be up two, on my years. two years. Okay. Up and Colon Cancer Awareness Month is March. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't realize, and I was like, okay, great. Thank God. I feel yeah. like, I thought it was like a complete guy thing, Me colon too. cancer. Me is too. that not true? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Had, Get out of here. Well, she is also like. She had pancreatic cancer, uh, which I thought was a guy thing. Yeah. It's prostate cancer, but. Yeah, yeah. Pancreatic, then colon, and now lung. Whoa. Guru. But yeah, wow. they, so it is not a guy okay. thing at all. At but it all. is a black person. More blacks than... Not necessarily that black people are part of it, but it is just... Oh, really? It is just a big thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of folks. Um, but I've met different people over the years and more and more young people. Mm -hmm. It's the young, but usually, I, you know, I don't, I never thought of colon cancer ever, but people in their 50s, but no, I mean, you know, I've read about kids 16, 17 that are diagnosed, wow. and some of the, I've done, um, so to commemorate my midway point through chemo, kind of, I did a, um, a July colon cancer run okay. um, down the shore, and my mom was able to come down, and she missed me speaking, because I was a guest speaker, you know, as a, as a 
person that was battling colon cancer. And then I did one in Roosevelt Island at the very end. So my mom had just died the week before that, that run. Mm -hmm. And I was a guest speaker. But um, So the following year, I went to the same ones. And the guest speaker was a 27-year-old nurse diagnosed with stage four. Whoa. You know, and um, it's just like, what? You know, it's, yeah, just, I don't know. So stage four, the same for, I don't know that much about cancer. But it means it's metastasized and gone to other organs. Okay. Yeah. So your chances of survival are not very good. Though. They're not great, but in my group, there are people that have survived for years, and there are people that have not. Okay. You know? I mean, there's. I see. It's crazy because I was telling a friend the other day, and one of my groups, I think when I joined two years ago, there were 88 members of the group. Now mm -hmm. there's over 200, and I'm like, I hate this because yeah. there's more and more people being added, but it's such a resource. And last year I met. Um, a woman that we had started chemo around the same time, I think we were a week apart or something, mm -hmm. in this group, and she lives in another state. So she happened to be coming to New York, and she's like, I want to meet you. So we got to meet, and I'm like, oh my God. Like, she is, like, my my light, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, just treatment. And, and um, so now it's actually not just colon cancer, it's colorectal cancer. Okay. So there's people that have, you know, it could be diagnosed, like, right outside the colon in the rectum and okay. this and that. So treatment is different because there's more radiation for colorectal, but mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's very... Do, do they... So they don't have to, like, remove anything? They from... removed part of my colon. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I had a wow. colon resection, so they removed part of the colon. Oh. But I don't have an... Like, my mom had thought I was going to have to have a, um, a bag. the bag and everything, yeah, yeah. too, but I didn't, I didn't okay. have that. Okay, so yeah. how long was that healing? Like, like what was that like? To um, heal from that, from colon cancer, like just from the surgery. So yeah, from the it, surgery. From yeah. the surgery, they did it. Um, they did it laparoscopically. Okay. So, a couple of days. Like, I was ready to pick up my. I mean, That's again, amazing. you have to think about. Yeah, I, so they take a section of your body out. They reattach. Yeah, they do it all and do it all, and they take out the tumor. Oh right, right, too, right. So they took out everything. How big was the tumor? Um, it was. I, I want to say. I don't even remember. I, don't, I honestly don't remember. Okay. But I remember too, before I had this, right after I had the surgery, I had gone for a second opinion at Memorial Sloan Kettering. And because um, I was like, because I remember my, my uh, OB had said, you never get a second chance to make a first impression on cancer. Go to Sloan. Oh, true. So I was like, man. And Sloan said they would do everything that my people here okay. would do. Um, even though they would teach me how to detach my port. And I'm like, nah, I need to have somebody. I'm not doing that. I need to so yeah, but I became like, I knew more than my parents. I knew more than anybody about colon cancer because one of my friends whose aunts had battled it years ago, um, she said, um, the best advice I can give you is to get as educated as possible. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I don't need, I'm not, I don't need to defer to anybody. I right, got right. this and I have to do this because I'm the one that sits in chemo. I'm the, I'm the single mom who needs to live for her son. So I have to do this. Mm -hmm. So again, it. One of the benefits of colon cancer in mine, my experience was it got me to see what was happening with my mother. Okay. And I can, I, like, it, it's crazy, but I was like, I can do anything. I absolutely yeah. can do anything. I can do anything. <laughs> I have to do everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's just one of those, like, yeah, so it puts things in perspective mm -hmm. for me, too. Like, when people are having a shitty day, I'm like, how literal are you meaning? <laughs> <laughs> you really have a shitty day? Because I'm having a shitty day. Yeah. My colon's talking. Gotta go. So yeah, it's just one of those. My colon can work. I'm excited because it's like 
diet changes and stuff too. So it also, so I, I decided, like I so said, after chemo and all that, like mm -hmm. I, I was feeling bloaty, but yeah. I was still running. Like I made sure the days that I was not on chemo, I was running and, you just know, so, yeah. yeah. And it just like kind of freed up my brain. It's the best. Yeah. yeah you know, it is. And so like no chemo fog mm -hmm. as much as possible. And then, um, yeah. And it's then, like, medit for me, it's like meditation, mm -hmm. running, going to the gym. It's like that only time during the day when you are present, yes. you know, not thinking about the thousands of things that are weighing you down. That's you know? it. That's it. And, and you're, you're open. So not right. just present, you're open. So I'm open. And I remember like, pro that would, that's my time to process mm -hmm. and this and that. But for me, um, most of the runs that I do now are always with the, with the dog strollers. I'm always with all of them. So it's also, I said, we are, we are, this boy is going to not just be passive. What's that? What's that? So his language, right, right. you know, is promoting language. We're still bonding, even mm -hmm. though I'm behind here. And he's like, mommy, go faster. I'm like, <laughs> we're going up the hill. So, but it's been awesome for me, you yeah, know, yeah. so it's just been wonderful. So I, I try and run a lot. I keep in shape. And then ultimately I, I decided to cut my hair because mm -hmm. it was, I took my mom in June for her hair cut because she was having like the, yes her hair was growing out and it was like from the chemo and the radiation yeah. falling out. So I told her, I said, mom, I'll cut my hair with you if you want me to. And she's like, don't cut your hair. She's like, I, I don't want you to cut your hair. So then, you know, in June, this past June, you know, I, I got the date as close as possible to when my mom cut her hair. I was okay. like, I'm going to do it because wow. it was like trying to make a ponytail. I made one, but it was so thin and I was like, I just, and it was like, <laughs> it was just not comfortable anymore, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so then trying to figure out how to be on the dating scene as a single mom. And I was like, okay, this is crazy. And now I have a cancer body. I have this yeah. port. I have crazy hair. I don't look well. I think cancer is my priority, even though I want to be a 40 something year old woman, but I'm not because I'm a cancer survivor. It's like yeah. priorities and this and that and trying to be a normal person. And, um, hmm. that was a tremendous, I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, does anything work? <laughs> I don't know if things work anymore. Like I have like no sex drive and this mm, and that, but I yeah. was like, Oh my gosh. But I was like, I'm not, I need to waken yeah, okay. every, I need to yeah, actively yeah. waken things up. So yep. when I cut my hair, I was like, I was like, short hair girls, they <laughs> hidden all this fun. Wouldn't change it. No. Oh, man. So let me take you back because I have a biracial daughter. So my wife is Indian and her hair is like straight as an arrow. Yeah. So my daughter's hair is like your hair. Yes. What was that like growing up with your mother? Do you remember like hair care in the house? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. So my mom, I remember... Um, so we had really long, like down our backs. Yes. We had really, really long hair. And I remember Friday nights, you know, she would put our, she would, we would stand in front of the kitchen sink, oh wash hair, and then she would just take the comb and just try and comb it. So it wasn't the, it wasn't the, you know, little thing, but she would just try. And it was nightmarish for her, nightmarish for us. And she had more than one of us. Yeah. So between me and Ian, it was just like, oh my, it was horrible. So, but we did, we had weekly, beautician appointments because they were able to do our hair and then we were like had our hair relaxed every six weeks to the day wow. and this and that so that helped a mm. lot and then it was conversations my mom you know would talk with the beauticians and other black women um the neighbors or my my aunt you know what do you do like because we're on vacation 
we're in the ocean, we're this and that. So she was like, get your epic, get the creep of nature, get the detangler, get this. So it was, we, then we started taking over our own hair. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to the beauty parlor. I'm not going, no. So when your hair is in good shape yeah. over time with relaxers and you don't do it, then your hair is breaking and this and that. And it's just like, okay, thank goodness for a bun, thank goodness mm-hmm. for ponytails and... Then with my with Iswa's hair, hers is like curly and this and that. But when it was wet, it was yeah, able to easy, be, yeah, you could easily it was much get easier. Her yeah. <laughs> but hair hair was oh a significant gosh. challenge. God bless your mother. God bless challenge. my wife. Yeah. yeah, she stands in the shower with my daughter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 What conversations with Oliver? I'm like, I need to cut your hair. He's like, No, mommy, don't cut it. <laughs> He's like, Don't comb it. Don't cut it. Don't do it. Because his hair is yeah. Curly, you know, it's luckily curly. he's a boy though, so he yes. can you know. I still have to call my thing. Yeah. But since I cut my hair, people are like, oh my God, you guys are twins. They can see us looking yes. similarly because of the hair, mm-hmm. too. So I was like, we looked alike a little bit before, but now you guys can really see it. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. Let me see. What other questions do I have? Um, maybe if we can go back to the pregnancy, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, because we we kind of we kind of switch switch topics, but if you can go back and talk about like you went through the whole uh, testing phase, figured out what you wanted to do in terms of which person you wanted to pick, which guy you wanted to pick, chose that, and then was it a one-time thing getting pregnant? Like, yeah. So it was successful. It was successful the first time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Excellent. And I have many friends that it was not, and they went years and right, this and that, right, and this right. and that. It was successful. The okay. first time, and I'm thankful for that because, you know, it was it gave time for my mother, and mm-hmm. you know I was talking with one of her friends, Mrs. Metz, not too long oh, ago. Oh, okay. And I was like, it worked. Because mm-hmm. imagine if it hadn't, and right. my mom wouldn't have had the time, right. you know, with Oliver, because she was, you know, taking care of him for the first couple of months while I went back to work. Um, so yeah, so it worked the first time, thank goodness. Yeah. And um, yeah, like it's it's. And it's also, as a single person, not married, right. it was out of pocket, too. So my parents were able to help oh. with that because oh. I was under the impression. didn't cover it. Oh. I was under the impression, especially for as a, like an educator, that's, a lot of that stuff is covered with your insurance. Mine wasn't. Once I got pregnant, it was covered. Right. But, yeah, that, the process of the retrieval, oh, the implant, and all that. That's expensive, isn't I it? Know. Oh my god. We know. And the and the medications. So thankfully, so the medications you have to, you know, to, you take medications to to become more fertile. To become like, more to increase the eggs. Okay. And then you take medications to, you know, um, make sure that all the uh, attach works. Like, you know, so you're taking medications for all yeah. sorts of things. So those are expensive, but for some reason when when um, people if say they have all their medications and they get pregnant and they don't need them anymore, some people donate them back. Oh right. So I got I was able to use some of the donated oh, medications and I was like so that decreased the cost mm-hmm. and stuff too. So just some things just kind of worked. Yeah. And then how was the pregnancy? It was it was great until um, at 26 weeks uh, I started to bleed. Okay. So I had to go to the hospital. And um, spend the day there because it was like I didn't feel the contractions, but there were some contractions happening. So I was like, "Oh man, yeah." All right, so I was like, "You can't come yet. You can't come. You can't come. You can't come." And I remember my my principal 
would say, he's like, yo, Lee, this pregnancy looks good on you. He's like, ordinarily, you come to work carrying your bags, looking all broken. He's like, but you, he's like, you got the glow. He's like, you let your hair down. He's like, it's just, wow. Oh, it's just so amazing. The world, because both of my parents are educators. The world of educators and the world where I work in in corporate. I did, if I said anything remotely like that, last day at yes. work. Of course, of course. Work. But again, may, he can say that to me because right. we have a, a, a good relationship. You. Maybe not to everybody else. But he's like, yo, leave for real. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not carrying all them bags because I'm trying to, you know, priority here, this and that. Yeah. But um, so then it was, then it was, um, I think, so that was at 26 weeks. And then I think it maybe. 32 was sometime in August. I forgot when that was um, because Oliver was due November 18th. Okay. Oh, wow. And we had a, a planned C-section. Um, my last day was going to be, um, my last day was uh, teacher's convention that okay. Wednesday. Yep. So I was working right up to the end so that we were off that Thursday, Friday. And I think I was scheduled to have the C-section that Monday because I had um, a condition called placenta previa, mm -hmm. so the placenta didn't rise, right. it stayed over the cervix. So that was going to be because of the fibroids, and because it didn't rise, it was a, it was a planned C-section. So sometime in August, I remember it was um, maybe a Saturday or so, Saturday night, and it's like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and I hear one of my dogs, like just like doing this weird thing. So I open my eyes, and Freeman, my big one, is like, walking but just like stutter step and falling and this oh. and that i'm like is he having a seizure like what's happening so i'm like seven months pregnant i was like i can't pick up the i'm just like sitting with him i don't know what's happening so i call the emergency vet and they said oh well as long as it's stopped you know he'll be okay and this and that so i'm like i'm not sure what's happening i okay you know i'll call you back in an hour so i went back to lay down and then I was like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And I woke up and there was blood all over my sheets. So I had another bleed. And I remember, you know, it was like 6 o'clock in the morning. And um, I was like, okay, let me just keep my legs up. <laughs> no, I can't bleed anymore. There's not going to be blood coming out of my body. Don't just keep the legs up. Keep the legs up. I'm not doing anything. I'm just keeping my legs up. And um, so I called my doctor. And I think by then, like, you know, after an hour or two, the bleeding had subsided. I was like, and she's like, just... You're going to be on modified home, mm -hmm. home, thing, rest. home rest for the day or something like that. She's like, keep me posted. So I was like, I'm not. And I remember posting something and a friend of mine, like, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't, I'm like stuck in my house. Yeah. And I didn't say anything about a bleed, but I was like something about Freeman. And uh, he's like, do you need something? Do you need me to come? And I was like, no, I appreciate it. And he's a photographer friend of mine and we hadn't spoken in years, but for some reason he saw my post and then he's like, he we visited. He's like, you're pregnant? He's like, why did you tell me? And he's like, let's do a maternity shoot. So we did a wonderful, beautiful maternity shoot. So anyway, so then it was, um, it was fast forward to October mm -hmm. and I had, um, I remember I had to go to the, I remember I was at book club and I was like, Oof. Don't feel right. I don't feel, I was like, and my mom is looking at my other friend who happens to be an, o, an OBGYN. They're just looking at each other and they're just like, you know, I, I'm just, you know, it's a little hot in here and everything. I'm just, I just need to go home. So I went home. I remember talking to George's grandmother. I was like, Grand, 
I need to go lay down. I'm just not really feeling well. So I woke up, you know, two o'clock in the morning. I have to go to the bathroom and I peed all this blood out. So I'm like, yeah. let me shower. Let me feed the dog. Uh, let me, let me call my doctor. And but thinking like, like it's time to go to the hospital. No. Oh. I was like, I probably have to go, but <laughs> I, I have three meetings today because it was a Monday trip. morning. So it was a Monday morning and I was like, I have three meetings. So they were like, it's time. Just go to the hospital. Right. to get checked out. So I call my parents and my dad's like, hold on. You talk to your mother. So pass me to my mom. So my mom was like, all right, I'll be right there. So we get there at four something in the morning. And one of my former students' mothers is the admitting person. So I'm like, oh, hi. Here? <laughs> and I brought my work bag because I had three meetings because I figured I was going to be there. Alarm. False alarm. I was going to be a little late. So I called my I called my director around 6.30 to say, I might have to technically work from the hospital home today or whatever. And then around 6.45, 7, I text one of my um, colleagues to say, you know what, I'm going to phone conference in for the meeting. So mm -hmm. just start it and I'm going to phone conference in. And then at 7.15 when the doctor came, I was like, yeah, I'm like, Kind of thirsty, and they're like, "You can't have any water." That's right. And I was like, "Why?" And I was like, "I'm thirsty." And they're like, "No." Ice chips. <laughs> ice chips. Yeah. And so I was like, "Ma, why?" Can't I need. I'm because I, I was at the time, and I still do. I drink a lot of water, so I was like, "Ice chips." And my mom's like, "I don't think you're going home. I don't think you're going to work." And I was like, "So the doctor came in. She's like, oh no, we're having a C-section today.'" I was like, "But I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I don't have my bag." <laughs> and they're like, "She's like, what bag did you bring?" I was like, "I brought my work bag." And she's like, "You idiot." <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was eight o'clock and they said um, we have one emergency right ahead of you but Suzanne you're going in so wow. I was like I was I was so upset and I was like but I'm not ready to have the baby like it's October 26 I'm supposed to have him in November I have a couple more weeks before I have to get to work so like denial is a big thing <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh so yeah so wow. he was delivered at nine that's fantastic yeah but it was I was just like but I and so he was delivered at nine. He was in the NICU because he had um, little fluid on the lungs, mm -hmm. and um, so he, I didn't see him again till 9 p.m. And Rashida had flown up and this and that, mm -hmm. but I had a meeting. I did have a meeting <laughs> from my hospital bed. Um, I had a meeting with a parent over the phone and a director <laughs> with one of my supervisors, and I think I had another meeting the following day. Well, with the C-section, don't they, they don't knock you out? I thought they knock you out. They don't no. knock you out. Oh, okay. No. They just, they just. Yeah, the epidural. Oh, okay. So that it's comedy because we have like the little screen up yes. here. Yeah. And so my doctor, you could hear her talking. She was like, oh, there was a fibroid I didn't know about right here. And it's mm -hmm. blocking. And she's talking to this doctor over here. She's like, oh, how are you? How are you boys? And this and that. So they're talking. And all of a sudden I see like chunks, like, like bloody things like flying. I'm like, what? So my mom's giggling and I'm like, wow, there's pieces of me flying. Can you make sure everything gets back in? And then her cell phone rings and her, like, I gotta take this off. her phone never rings. And she's like, hold on. It's my husband. He's in surgery. And my doctor's like, is he okay? She's like, oh no, he's a surgeon. So he's, and I was like, dad, this is a, get off the phone. Get off the phone. So comic relief. And uh, so finally they take, so they take, you know, Oliver gets delivered out. He's getting there. And so my mom's like, his balls are enormous. Can you tell me a fond memory of your mother's before we end this? Oh, yeah. there's not enough time for that. <laughs> <laughs> one fond memory. Oh, uh, one fond memory of my mother. Um, trying to think. Let's see. Um, well, I mean, the fond memory, like we were having a comic relief in the delivery room, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, 
between her phone never it never rings and it's ringing there and she's giggling and there's you know parts of me flying you know like there's that she really took a picture of his balls yeah that's the first picture of his body but he's like balls and stuff and of course that's the one we sent to my friends and stuff and like, oh, Lord, he's um oh man yeah no i remember it so when Things didn't work. Yeah, that, that's not even the memory of my mom. When did you guys I, get close? I remember. Later on. I remember. When I moved I, away. When I lived in California. I was... Uh, this is before I went to the prom with your sister. I must have been like 15. And I was over your house and we were just eating dinner and stuff. And you and your mother were getting into it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep. And you're like, just wait till daddy comes home. I'm going to tell him. I was yes. like, oh, man. And I that wanna... didn't work because I usually got in trouble again. <laughs> yeah. So, But, yeah, it was it was when I moved to California. Yeah. And uh, then we got to talk a lot. And then, um, then, you know, when I moved back here, so I moved back from California and graduate school, and I lived with them for, mm -hmm. I think, a year or so. And it, so I wasn't as – I was clo we were closer. So as adults, we became close. And then okay. we became very close you know, for my health stuff or whatever. And, um, yeah, and she was just like my, she became my go-to. So since she's passed, I'm like, damn, like yeah. I didn't realize how much, you, you know. You are the go-to now. Yeah, oh, not it's really. you. <laughs> but it was interesting. My dad had said, like, when I was, um, when I was going through the, all the fertility stuff, my dad's like, you're, you know, be nice to your mother. Like, she is your number one fan, you know. Mm. And I'm like, I was like, I get on her nerves and she gets on my nerves. But... Peas in a pod, yeah, you know. Yeah, 100%. Like, we're very much alike. 100%. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> fire <Yeah>. and fire. <laughs> very much so. Very, very much so. so. Oh, and, well, here, here's, here's a fond memory of my mother. Okay. With her not even living. living. So, you know, my mom used to do Christmas cookies up mm -hmm. at my zoo, so I do my Christmas cookies and everything, too. And um, so this past Christmas, I'm making the cookies, and uh, it was like November. It was first week in December, so I'm making the cookies. And Oliver's like, Mommy, I want one. And I was like, no, you could only have the broken ones. Like, mommy, I want one. I was like, no, because I, I, I decided to reduce the amount of cookies I was making. So I'm making the cookies, making the cookies. And he's like, mommy, I want one. I was like, you cannot have a cookie. So I'm making these little, these little uh, spritz cookies mm -hmm. and, you know, the little things. And one, you know, I was on a roll. Nothing broken. He's like, mommy, I wish I could have a cookie. And one broke in my hand. And I was like... That's your grandmother talking. And I was like, <laughs> he called her Gigi. I said, Gigi said you could have a cookie. And he's like, thank you, Gigi. Thank you, Gigi.